The Love Community Chapel presents Times of Refreshing with God's servant, Reverend George Aiku. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Stay tuned as you listen to God's word presented by Reverend George Aiku. I want to welcome you to our first communion service tonight. And I trust that this service will be a blessing to you. I will share with you on what I call benefits of fasting, benefits of fasting and prayer. And I wanted to share because this season demands a time to wait on the Lord. Seasons are different from each other. The book of Ecclesiastes 3 from verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So God has apportioned time to each season in the world. And what we have to understand is that we must learn to walk in seasons. If you lose your season, you got to wait for the next season. So when a season appears, we must maximize the season and get the best out of it. When there is a glut, or what we call a harvest time, a harvest of tomatoes or oranges, the prices go down because it's abundant on the market. And so you can access any of them. Why? Because it is the season. So seasons are very important. We have to discern the times and seasons in which we live. In Matthew 15, Jesus Christ told the Pharisees that they must know the times and seasons. If you don't know the time and the season, you find yourself you may go on doing the wrong thing and not maximize the season, get the best out of it. We have to know the season, what it entails, what we must do in the season. And wisdom is doing, knowing what to do and doing it. That's wisdom. In knowing what God says to do and doing it. It is knowing precisely what to do where to go, how to do it, and then doing it. So this season of January, we know that it's a season that is totally dedicated to God. It's a first fruit month. We give our first fruit to God. Everything goes to God. We spend time with God. That's why we engage in fasting and prayer to say, Lord, this is a time to get closer to you and to know you more and more. It's not out of hand, it's not out of place to engage God in January and February. 
Well, other months are very good, but we say January, Lord, as the year starts, we want to start with you. So we commit our lives, commit our businesses, commit our families and everything into your hands. Design the types of seasons is very important. Knowing the season and plugging into the season for maximum profit. Bible talks about the ants in the book of Proverbs 6 verse 8. Ants are very small things. Okay? But they provide their supplies in the summer and gather their food in the harvest. Ants are able to design seasons. From verse 6 coming to 8, look at verse 6. It says, you sluggard. Verse 6 says that if you are lazy, go to the ant and learn some wisdom. Go to the ant. Consider her ways and be wise. Verse 7 says that which having no captain, overseer, or ruler. They don't have anybody to say, go do this, do that. And they are well organized. They take initiative. The one thing they do is that they design the times and seasons. That is the ant. And if an ant can design times and seasons, and a human being can't design times and seasons, the ants are doing better than human beings. Because God is a God of times and seasons. When Noah offered to God a sacrifice, in Genesis 8, verse 20, coming to 22, he said that seed time and harvest, day and night, verse 22, shall never cease. While the earth remains, seed time, seed time and harvest, cold and heat. These are seasons, winter and summer. And day and night shall so this the world is running on seasons. The world is running on seasons. The world is being driven by seasons. If you lose your season, you must wait for the next season to come. So design seed time and sow, design harvest and reap, design cold. And put something on your on your body so you don't get too cold and die. Design heat and get some air conditioners and some fans. Because heat is coming. Design winter and know what to do. Design night, summer, and know what to do. Design day and night and know what to do. And these things are there not for fun, but for us to design and apply our hearts to wisdom. To know what to do in these seasons is wisdom. So, January is not a time to play around and to have fun around. The fun time is over. Christmas time. More fun. More lights. More music. More, more, more fun. It's over. It is time now to face realities with life. Your work with God, your business, your family, your business, everything must come to play now. And we are saying, Lord, in view of the challenges of life, which we don't know what will happen, even the year as we go through, we don't know. Who knew what would happen when Corona came? We didn't know. It just hit us hard. And it's still, it's still um, causing devastation to people's lives. 
We don't know what will happen in March, July. We don't know. And so, we have to come to God and commit our lives to him and say, Lord, take over my life, my business, my children, my vision. Have your way. And so, January, we commit it to God in prayer. Proverbs 10, verse 5. Proverbs 10, verse 5 says that, he who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. If you don't know the seasons and to apply your life to the seasons, the next thing that will happen to you is shame. So to avoid shame, discern the seasons and apply your life and your heart. Church, are we here? Please learn some wisdom from tonight's service. It will be a blessing to you. In order to be successful in life, one major thing you must always do is to discern times and seasons and apply your life. So, we're talking about fasting, benefits of fasting. What is fasting? Fasting is abstention from food for divine favor and intervention. So when you stop eating, why are you, why, I'm eating is part of human life. You must eat to live. You don't live to eat. Some live to eat and that is very dangerous. You must eat to live, okay? But if you decide not to eat, for what reason? And I'm here to explain to you why we have to engage God in prayer and fasting. Why fasting is so crucial in, in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you know that we are human beings and some things are so deep that we can't easily explain and understand. And God is in, in his realm, knows that there are some things we can't understand. So you know what God does? God always teaches us spiritual truths using natural truths or natural things. God always employs you know, natural things to explain to us what happens spiritually. Because we are human beings, and we are, even though we are human beings and we are spirits too and living in the body, it's difficult to really explain how some things work in the spirit. And God is so loving. When Jesus Christ came, he used proverbs a lot. Parables to teach us what happens when we do this and that and then. The God's kingdom is like a master seed, blah, 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 blah. Christ is wonderful. Matthew 13, throughout the whole chapter, he was explaining what God's kingdom is all about using proverbs, using parables. And so, parabolic teaching is a way to explain to us realities in the spirit, you understand that, which are very, very true. For instance, in order for God to teach us about fasting and what we benefit from fasting, he used the eagle. In Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31, please be with me. Be with me and let God's word, you know, impact your life tonight. You're going to, it will bless you. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 29, it says that he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Who does so? God. God gives power to the weak. The same God gives might okay, to and strength to those who need might. 
Might is used in the context of military, you know, prowess. I mean, talking about soldiers and militancy. They use might, military might, like, you know, the latest weapons in town, okay? This time, they say robots are going to fight the Third World War. It will be disastrous. When robots, because they don't die. They keep shooting, shooting, anything anyhow. May it not be so. Amen. But you realize that might is so important. Now God gives us might when we have no strength. Amen. And God is a source of power. God gives power. Now verse 30 says that even the youths shall faint and be weary. Those who are young, they can faint in life. They can give up in life. They are strong, but they can't even give up. Even they're strong. Those who say they are very strong physically, they can, they can give up in life. Okay? So, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Young men are strong. The, the, the glory of young men is their strength. And young men can lose their strength. They can fall easily. Even young men can fall. So it's not how young or how old you are. Okay? And it says that, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So whether old or new, there's one common denominator that carries us through. And that denominator is waiting on the Lord. The Lord's factor, the God's factor, differentiates between the weak and the strong, the old and the young. Are you, are you with me? Oh, are you with me? Are you following me? So there are some young people who look old because the God Father is missing their lives. There are some old people who look very young because God's Father is found in their lives. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So if you wait on the Lord, if you stay in God's presence, okay, your strength gets renewed on constant basis. Waiting on God renews your strength constantly. And then he gives you the parable or the, the physical um, um, symbol or the symbol of strength, okay? They shall mount up with wings like the eagles. So now, looking at strength, because we can't actually measure strength. I mean, spiritual strength, we can't really measure. But all we know is that we can measure when somebody casts demons out easily and someone else can cast the same demon out. We can tell one is more powerful, the other one is not powerful. For instance, <laughs> the disciples were casting the demon out and they were frustrated. Frustration set in because they were failing to cast demons out. You see, when you, f you start failing, you, you get frustrated. Everybody, when you are doing something, you don't see results, you get frustrated. And there are many frustrated believers in town. Frustrate, frustration has put them off guard. And they think God is too far from reality. God is too far. God, God is too slow. God is some way, you know. And so they now take their lives in their hands to do what they think is right in their eyes. And by so doing, they fail. And they fall. Big fall. What I'm saying is that strength can be measured, but we can't measure strength much. 
like 30% or 40% or whatever, or 30 watts or 40 watts. We better strain physically, okay? Like electricity power. We can measure how much you are consuming. We can measure. But spiritually, we can't we measure strength. Amen. You can only measure strength by resource, by, by products, by what you achieve, by achievement. That's how you can say, oh, this person is, is strong. But here he's, he's saying that the eagles wait on God. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now, if you are doing something for God and you are tired, something is wrong. If you are ministering to God in a certain department and you are getting weary and you think you are fatigued, I mean fatigue is setting in and you are tired, then there's something wrong, which we shall face tonight. Yeah, we shall face tonight. So, if those who wait on God shall renew their strength like the eagle, it means the eagle is very strong. The strongest bird is the eagle. I watch a lot of animals a lot. I like watching animals, um, lions and um, eagles and snakes. I like snakes a lot. And my wife doesn't like snakes at all. When we get there, she doesn't want to watch it, but I, I try to watch it. See, overcome your fears by watching. <laughs> you see a big python and it's opening their mouth. Hey, you don't want to watch it. But me, I watch it and I overcome my fears. Amen. Right. So, when you look at the eagle, eagle is very powerful in the air. It, their vision is very, very sharp. An eagle can see about maybe three miles or maybe seven miles from where it is. Sharp vision. And as an eagle see uh, a goat. And this eagle came all the way from the sky and picked the goat with the claws into the air. Man. And eagles can pick up objects heavier than themselves because of the inner strength they possess. And we'll talk about the eagle more as we go on. Eagles are very strong. Very, very strong. Now, what does the eagle do to have strength? What does the eagle do? Why do they get such strength? Now, if you said the eagle critically, you understand that eagles have a lifespan of 35 years. 35 years. Now, what is about that time that they know they're about to die? The eagle will leave town and go and hide in a rock somewhere far. The mountain somewhere very far. Safe. And stop eating. And when they stop eating, as they stop eating, over time, over about 40 days or more, 150 days or so, they shed off their feathers. Their feathers are very heavy and they use their feathers to fly and to do many stuff, okay? So they shed their feathers and then everything about them goes off and they grow new feathers. Their talons, the talons, the ones they, one they used to pick up their prey. They shed everything off and they grow new talons. Okay? And when it is time to come out, they come out like fresh, fresh eagles 
full of strength. And that waiting alone is able to take them through 70 years of lifespan. It doubles their lifespan. An eagle can live for 70 years. Because of waiting, they spend time and they fast. They go off food and renew their body, renew their strength, and they come back stronger. Now, the Lord is calling upon us to be like the eagle. How do we do so? We have to separate ourselves from food for some time. Mm. You want strength? Amen. You must engage in fasting like the eagle. Are we here? So, January, we engage in fasting. If at this days we say we want to fast for 40 days try and engage 40 days with water and with food you break you eat from morning to evening you break it's okay you do it and as i keep teaching i will emphasize more on waiting in prayer because if you just abstain from food and don't engage in prayer it will be like starvation hunger strike i'm here to encourage you if you want strength to be renewed, there's a way out. Fasting. Give you a clap offering for that. Power will come. Power will come. Hallelujah. Now when you fast, what happens? Your body loses energy because you don't eat. The energy you use to do stuff comes from food. So when you don't eat, you lose energy. Your body becomes slow in some sense. And you become very humble in some sense. Okay? You become humble in some sense. You know, David says something in Psalm 35 verse 13. Psalm 35 13, he says that, Bars for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting. Now, what does that mean? Okay, and my prayer would return to my own heart. So, prayer and fasting are mentioned here by David. Okay, now, fasting is a way to humble yourself before God. You humble yourself. When people fast, they can't talk much because there's no energy to talk. They become sober. Fasting sobers you into humility. Praise the Lord. Psalm 69 verse 10. Psalm 6, 9, verse 10 says that when I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, humbled my soul with fasting, humbled my soul with fasting, it became a reproach. So, one way to calm down, calm down and calm down and lower yourself is to engage in fasting. It humbles you. Now, why is it so important important to be humble in fasting. You see, humility is a way for exhortation. James 4 verse 6. James 4 6 says that, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, the first thing that you get from humility is grace. Number two. Second thing, grace brings promotion. So when you humble yourself, you receive grace. God resists the proud. 
and gives grace to the humble. So if fasting can humble you, then you qualify for grace. If fasting can, can humble you, make you sober, then you qualify for grace. So if you want more grace, sometimes I want to challenge you, just humble yourself through fasting. So if you are talkative, you stop talking. If you are gossip, you can't, there's no energy to even gossip. So I've given you two benefits of humility. It gives you grace. And when grace comes, it's favor. Favor comes on your way everywhere you go favor. Favor everywhere. Favor everywhere. Amen. Amen. Who wants favor? Favor, favor. That's why when you fast, favor comes. When you fast, favor comes your way because you're humble. Business breakthroughs happen. People begin to fall in love with you. Favor. Favor. You want favor for marriage? Engage in fasting. It's one way. It's one way. Amen. You want promotion? Engage in fasting. James 4 verse 10. James 4 10. Matthew. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Ah. Who does he want to be lifted up? Who wants to stay low all the time? Look, look, look at me. You want to stay low? One way to be lifted is to go through fasting and be humble. That's why many people begin to break through when they fast after some, after some time. They start getting some liftings. You understand? It's because they engage God in, in, in fasting. They humble themselves before God. Amen. And, and fasting is a way to suffer gain. Say suffer gain. To suffer gain. Philippians 1.29 it says that for to you it be granted on behalf of Christ not to only believe in him but also to suffer for his sake. So suffering, when you are fasting, I see you are suffering. But that suffering brings gain eventually. Amen. Amen. Suffer to gain. Suffer to gain. Suffer to gain. When you are fasting, it's like you are dying. There's no food. It's like death. It's like death. John 12, verse 23 and 24. When you are fast like death, okay? And it says that, but Jesus Christ answered them and saying, the hour has come that the Son of God should be glorified. Because surely I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. When you are fasting, it's like you are dying. After the fasting, see that you start becoming productive. You see, when people fast, Okay, somehow certain things in their lives die. Fornication sometimes is it even goes away when you fast. The appetite in your body are reduced. Oh yeah, and you see the greatest appetite of the body is food. It's food. The next one is sex. The next one is sleep. When you fast, so but you can't sleep. Have you seen that? If you are engaging in fasting, like prolonged fast, sleep goes away. Sometimes three hours, four hours, and you are fine. So, fasting controls the appetites. If you are a glutton, a glutton is my yellow, my yellow. Or the difference, if every time you are, you are eating big time food, and you are addicted to eating, engage in fasting. And if you have sexual problems, you start fasting. Somehow, they are reduced. Can I hear a big amen to that one? So when you are fasting, like you are sowing your seed. You are sowing the body. The body is dying. You are sowing your seed. Eventually, the fruits will come. Fruits of holiness. Fruits of loving God. Fruits of 
you know, several fruits show up when you fast. Like Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Psalm 126 verse 5. It says that those who sow in church are reaping joy. I mean, fasting is not so, so palatable. It's not, it's, I mean, when you're fasting, you're not, it, it's like you are, it's difficult. You're so in tears. Okay? But if you keep on fasting, you continually go forth, weeping. I mean, bearing seed for sowing. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his harvest with him. When you're fasting, you're weak. As if you're weak. You, you get at the morning and your knees are weak. You have to drink plenty of water. When you're going out, your, your heart is panting. Yeah! It's like you are dying. And that is how to sow. You are sowing the body. The body is being And when you finish the fasting, the strength that comes, the strength that comes is amazing. It's amazing. The first thing that happens to you when you fast, one of the benefits of fasting is power. Say power. All that I share with you are just free benefits. But power is a major thing that comes to you. And then we read from Isaiah. Isaiah verse 40 verse 29. He gives power to the weak. He gives power to the weak. So when you fast, amen, power comes. Power. Come on, say power. Power. Yeah. He gives power to the weak. Power comes. Power comes. Power against demonic forces. Power comes. Amen. Power. Come on, say I mean power. Say, Lord, I need power. No, but power is a product of the anointing. Power is a product of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost comes with power. See, the power aspect of God is the Holy Ghost. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The power aspect of the Godhead is the Holy Ghost. Acts 10.38 Acts 10 38 says that what? How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. Holy Ghost and with power. Now, you got the Holy Ghost, right? But the power aspect may be challenged. Yeah. See, the Holy Ghost is a person. There's a person with the Holy Ghost in you. But its power is absent because the things you do with the power to be released. Is there all right? Cool and collected. But his power can be, can be low. Because there are some things you do to release his power. And one of them is fasting. Are you with me? We need power. Power. Come on, say power. Say power. Power for what? To subdue our enemies. Psalm 66 verse 3. Psalm 66 verse 3 says that, Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. So, power is needed to fight enemies. If you lack power, your enemies will override you, they overcome you, they will subdue you. Power is needed to subdue enemies. And when we fast and pray, power is released. That when you are weak in fasting, please, take it, understand it, believe it, that in the weakness, power is being released in your life. Yeah, when you are weak, thank God our power is coming. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Because when you fast, you become weak. Let me say, my, my knees are weak through fasting. So weakness will set in. That weakness, it's not just weakness, power. Inner power. Hallelujah. To subdue enemies. Look, be frank. Enemies are fighting the church. 
There are enemies all around us. We don't see them. A confo, I mean fetish, occult. They are everywhere. Some enemies are from our, our families. Family enemies. Witches and wizards. They are enemies. And if you don't take your place as a believer, they will subdue you. Your destiny will be a mirage. Nothing will happen because you are too lazy to fast. You are too relaxed in your spiritual life. Take your life in your hands and begin to engage God in fasting. Are we here? In Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power. He gave them what? Power. Over unclean spirits. Power is needed to cast unclean spirits away. To cast them out. To heal the sick. Power is needed. Power is needed. We need power. We need power. The church needs power. See, when the church starts fasting, the power of the church starts going away. And demons begin to invade, invade the church. A fastless believer is a weak believer. So, for instance, the Jews, they fasted twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, for power. So they can humble themselves before God. Please don't take it for granted. This fasting season, engage. Otherwise, as I've been playing with this story, I've been playing this story. If two matches are playing, and one match scores one, two, one, two goals, and the other, the other team is not up in the game, not up in the game. In other words, it's not lifting the game up to match up. He will say, "Oh, we shall equalize. We shall equalize. We shall equalize." Then ten minutes. Then five minutes of time. Then two minutes. Then ninety minutes. Then bring Abachi Abachi. It will be like that. Your life will end without getting the best God has for you. The church must wake up to fast. Don't joke. Your business, when you fast, it benefits you in every area. Your spiritual life, your business, your ministry. Every place gets, gets a benefit. Power. Power to subdue demons. Amen. You get power to break every yoke. When you fast, you receive power to break yokes. Isaiah 58 verse 6. It says that, Is this not a fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. Amen. To undo heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Fasting breaks yokes. Fasting breaks power to break yokes. Now listen carefully. I'm ending. Because of time. When you fast, you thin your body to fatten your spirit. When you fast, you thin the body. The body loses um, fat. Right. And But that fat you lose is transferred to your, your, your spirit. And that is where we have the benefit. Fasting helps your body to be lowered and for your spirit to be lifted. And that makes you very sharp. If your spirit becomes sharp in the spirit, you hear from God. So you can receive signals from God. Holy God will speak to you and stay. No ambiguity is there. So when you fast, your body becomes lowered and your spirit becomes lifted. And when it happens that way, flow of power becomes very easy. You receive God's signals. You receive 
anointing and power, it comes. Fasting. It's a difficult thing to do. But you know what? Animals fast. Eagles fast. Snakes. At one point in time, the snakes will fast. When they fast, they shed off their old skin and get a new skin to move on. Why do every religion, why does every religion fast? Because no power will come. Most of the religions, they were they fast. Muslims fast, Hindus fast, Buddhists fast. Spiritually, when you fast, you have access to certain things in the spirit. If you don't fast, it won't happen. It doesn't matter the divide you belong to. Even thieves, when they are going to steal, they fast. They fast to become spiritual. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Look at this scripture. Isaiah 10, 27. I end up here. Because it's a lot of stuff. Please, when you fast, your body becomes lowered and your spirit becomes uplifted. Becomes sensitive to God. And that is where power flow comes in. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Neck. Yoke. Some of you, marriage is not happening. Some yoke in the family is affecting your life. And you are joking. Your husband is right waiting for you and it's not coming to you. And you are, you are just joking. It's a yoke. And it's yoke from your neck. Yoke on the neck, it breaks your neck. It's a heavy bedding. And the yoke will be destroyed because of what? The anointing. Oh yeah, the anointing. The anointing comes through prayer. And more through fasting. Please, let's engage. Let's engage. Jesus Christ spoke about a certain scenario. The disciples couldn't cast a certain demon out. And when he came, he cast the demon out. And they said, Lord, why couldn't you cast the demon out? He said, oh, this one, your faith. And not just faith, but I said that this kind doesn't go. He said, by fasting and prayer. Matthew 17, verse 21. This kind of demon doesn't go. There are some kinds of demons, <laughs> they only respond to fasting. Some of them, we don't fast much, just come out, they will go. But there are some of them, the kind, the class of demons, they only respond to fasting as a stimulus. For fasting, they fear fasting. Once you fast and you pray, they will go. Please don't waste your life. If things are not working out well, use your mind, but at the same time, engage the spirit. Use your mind. Think. If you think they're not getting through, please, beyond your thinking, engage God. Engage God and stay in his presence. Then that way the Lord shall render strength. This month of January and February 40 days, let's wait on the Lord. Let's decide to wait on the Lord and see what God will do in our lives. Amen. Look at somebody. Tell him, so in tears and reap in joy. Say after me, die and live again. Hallelujah. Stand your feet right now. We're going to pray, Lord, this fasting season, give us strength to fast. Give us strength to engage. I told you that, look, you can all fast. You can fast from 6 o'clock to 12. It is fasting. From 12 going, just keep on praying. You can fast from 6 to 12, 6 to 2, 6 to 4, 6 to 6. To six. That's what we want everybody to do. Amen. But try and engage in fasting by all means. Little two and stuff. Say, Lord, help me. Pray in tongues for a while. Shaka. Masuke Katoshi. La Saka Takapata.
pray in the spirit, Lord. Engage the spirit of the Lord. Help me to fast. I want to encourage you to fast. Please, Lord, and help me, Lord. We need power. 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 For they that wait, the Lord shall renew their strength. May God give us strength, 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 strength. Masoke, kashoke. Yokes have been broken. Yokes of poverty, yokes of disease. Yoke of marital spell. Challenges in life and business and marriage. Yokes have been broken. Masoke, sakerianda. Lock your stomach to unlock your blessings. Marerere, shababa. Any nice song, Holy Ghost, Bayala Bashanda, Bazaka Batose, Neandalabade We hope God has ministered to you and you've been touched by the word which was brought to you by Reverend George Ayiku, Senior Pastor of Love Community Chapel. You can locate Love Community Chapel at Bubuashi, Ogle Road, and adjacent to the AMA sub office. You can join us for any of our three services. First service, 6.30 a.m. in English. Second service, 8 a.m. in English. And third service, 10 a.m. in English with tree translation. For more information, please call 0302-231017 or visit www.lovecommunitychapel.org. You can also visit Love Community Chapel on Facebook.